<laughs> this week on Erotic Awakening, sequential sex, surrender versus submission, and flying tentacles. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on all these topics as well as all things Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. In 2018, we decided to no longer seek advertisers for the podcast. We enjoy creating and recording these podcasts, and we hope you'll enjoy listening to them. If you decide not to be a patron, we'll probably keep on podcasting. But when you become our patron, it gives us a chance to apply more energy towards creating. For as little as a dollar a month, you can not only support the podcast, but get access to special content. Head on over to patreon.com slash eroticawakening and take a look at the options. And regardless, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Right now. Hi, Dan. <laughs> Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm good. Good. Our, our, Mostly. <laughs> our beginning's a little long, so I wanted to get through it quickly. Understood. Understood. As long as we don't start sounding like those lawyers that talk really fast at the end of the commercials and they <laughs> try to cover everything in. That's very good. <laughs> but you keep doing that, you'll be up on the auctioneer stage before too long, along uh, with me. I did that in the subs and service. I was talking, to, I was doing a, a mindfulness for slaves, which is how I always start the subs mm-hmm. and service intensive. I always do the mindfulness class. And it kind of sets the intent for the whole rest of the day because people are thinking about the mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And I really started talking fast like this, and I could really keep a good conversation going because that's how fast my head works. And <laughs> got a lot of head nods. <laughs> <laughs> Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about sequential sex with our good friend Johnny Jackhammer. And we're also going to mention a flying tentacle. But before we get into that, Don, we have a question of the day. Don, this do. one is, what is the difference between surrender and submission? And how does that apply to being a submissive? So, well, I have an answer, or at least my answer for me. And um, I think I would actually put an addendum on that question because for me, the difference is, because they ask, how does that apply to being a submissive? Mm -hmm. I would add, or a slave. Okay. Because I see the difference. That's how I see the difference between a submissive and a slave. For me, when I was a submissive, which is how I first identified... Right. I didn't have God. Now that I've talked fast, I'm trying to slow down on purpose. Um, But I identified as submissive. Master and slave didn't really work for us. So the verbiage really didn't work for us. So I was perfectly fine with um, being labeled as a submissive. And um, to me, when I was a submissive, when I look back, it's because I made the decision to submit every time I submitted. Okay. Right. And then people ask me, so how did you know when you became a slave? Well, our first caller is calling. <laughs> so, and I did, and what I figured out was that I thought I was a slave when I actually surrendered and I stopped asking that question about submission and if I'm going to submit. So, to me, that's the difference. Surrender means I don't make that decision to submit anymore. So, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on getting Dan's input on this, too, as he answers the phone call. But, um, but yeah, that's how I see the difference. So, submission is making the decision to submit. Surrender is not having to make that decision anymore. So, I already know Dan. I already trust him. He's already earned my trust and everything. And I can just 
be and be natural. And if he says to do something, to do it and not to think about why and to think about the things behind it and, you know, things like that. So to me, that's the difference. And that's when the switch flipped. So, but it took me a while of looking back of when that kind of happened. I'm not exactly sure when that happened. So, yeah. So submission is making that decision to submit. And surrender is not having to make that decision anymore. That makes sense. It does make sense. So, I mean, do you see that in the people that have served you? Do you see a difference between submission and surrender? Like I said, I kind of see submission as the decision and therefore Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And that makes sense to me. The idea that submission is more of a a choice that you make on a continual basis. Surrender is you recognize this is the way you want it to be and you're not fighting it anymore, maybe? Yeah, something like that. So, like, um, to me, surrender, maybe that was like a final last decision. You know, this is what I'm doing because... But don't you surrender is... over and over again? I don't know. It almost feels like it was a, hmm. a switch that flipped. That was the... Yeah, that was the... Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, when that. you tell me to do something, I don't really... I'm doing it before I ask the question, should I be doing it? <laughs> so you can right. get me into a lot of trouble that way. I've already surrendered to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's the difference that I see. That makes sense. So, cool. Um, you know what else is cool? What's that? Contacting us on the contact form at eroticawakening.com. Because you would also find other ways to contact us, ways to say thank you, and where we'll be presenting past podcast episodes, linked to newsletter, and all kinds of other stuff. And you can also follow us on FetLife. Uh, find us as the owners of the FET group, Erotic Awakening, two words. So, Don, one of our listeners wrote in and asked, where can dental dams be bought? Can you just jump on Amazon and buy them? I don't know. I haven't looked. So, um, for me, uh, I'm wondering, are you going to look it up now? I to want, see if you can talking. do that? Yes, okay. I am. I'm going to go to Amazon Dental Dam. Because someone asked me, and I'm like, well, I'm not really sure. Because even though I'm bi, I don't like dental dams. So I don't do girl oral So until I find somebody to be fluid bonded with. Uh, how about Walgreens? Adultland.us? Amazon? Oh, but online. So it's not like you can run. I doubt you can. Well, I don't know. wonder if you can run to Walgreens and just... Pick it up off the shelf. I think a better question is what flavors did dental dams come in? Oh, and so it is on Amazon. Yes, strawberry, banana, and uh, you know, grape. It's kind of like flavored <laughs> condoms, right? If I'm sucking a cock, uh-huh. I don't want to be sucking strawberry or orange, but I don't want to be tasting latex either. Right, so right. I, I don't. I've done a vanilla condom before. That wasn't too bad because mm-hmm. I, I vanilla. I could get a my brain could wrap around a little bit more than like strawberry. Right. So, right. but um, eating out a girl again, you know, suppo- part of the fun of it is the taste. So. I yeah, but there's but there's situations where you don't want where you do want that protection. Oh, uh, I, absolutely. For myself, absolutely. For myself, I just use the good old um, glove, chop it up, and use a glove, mm-hmm. um, a latex glove. You have to make sure they're not powdered. Yeah. Inside yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I've used it. And remember that tongue condom. <laughs> 
We I pitched do. that on a podcast about 300 I episodes back. I don't know that we actually put it on the podcast. We did. Oh, didn't we? I don't know that we put it on the podcast. I it think we had someone try it. It was backwards, so it was non-stuck. Oh, yeah. Non-duck. Non-duck. Yeah, condom mod 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 knock mod knock that sounds more like a skit from saturday night live yeah so but yeah it was a tongue condom so you put the condom on your tongue and it went over your face right so mm-hmm. it kind of went over your lips and your face oh yeah i remember it's strapped to your chin yeah yeah and was over your tongue and your face most and uncomfortable thing i've ever worn in i my know life. not so. the most uncomfortable thing but damned uncomfortable yeah but you know and some people use Food grade saran wrap. Yes, as long as it doesn't. Sure. As, as long as it's not the microwavable kind with the holes in it. Okay. It has to be the food grade. Mm-hmm. So I've heard that too. Um, I can remember being in a swing club and someone wanting to eat me out, and I'm like, "Well, do you have dental dams?" And they're like, "No, what the hell is that?" <laughs> I'm like, uh, "Is there like a kitchen on site? Maybe they have saran wrap." <laughs> they're like, "What in the hell?" <laughs> well, and and I guess we'll we'll save glass dildos to the next episode. Oh, okay. So we can do that. Uh, Don, so recently on the, uh, and that's all I have to say about that. Oh, I'm going to write this person back that asked me, so, and okay. let them know that they can hit Amazon. Yeah, and yeah I, mean, I just popped the Walgreens has them, oddly enough. I mean, if, if you and have a... And of course, a, Adult Land and all that junk. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you have an a eating emergency, then, I don't know that you can actually like, go to a brick-and-mortar store and find them. I'm trying to think, like, Lion's Den around here and stuff. You would think know. they would, but I don't know. Anyway, so in for for preparation for um, eating emergencies, <laughs> I would say buy a box and, and keep them on hand. I might do that myself. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, new subscribe to the newsletter just one this time. So last time around, we had a bunch of international. This time, back to the good old U.S. of A. So we have Kara from Southern Oregon. So thank you for joining and not ever receiving a newsletter, Kara. I send them out every now and then. And then people unsubscribe. And then people unsubscribe. So maybe I should stop sending them out so people will stop unsubscribing. Really, they just like hearing their names on when we say (laughs) that. And that's great. Because all I put on there. Yeah, we do send stuff out on it. Yeah, I do. And we try and be valuable. I I usually try to put information on there about PXS and BTL Mm -hmm. and the book and the cards maybe where we're presenting sometimes i put a little calendar on there but you know that that's about it sure so just keep people informed so do what i mentioned really quickly um as you may have listened as you may have noticed if you've been listening to the podcast any amount of time i do not find the fet life discussion groups all that particularly valuable sometimes Me neither. i like the erotic awakening i like it the fact that we have an erotic awakening discussion group out there uh, to let people know when we have a podcast, but the master and slave groups for the most part um, are not as valuable. So we do have a, we created a secret Facebook group, which allows, if I understand Facebook correctly, you can join it with your normal Facebook account, but because it's a secret group, it won't reflect uh, what, that you're part of the group or what you've talked about. It won't show up in mom's feed or anything like that. Right. And we're having some really neat conversations there about power exchange. We are. So it's it's kind of neat and um, non-judgmental and just informational. Yeah, absolutely. So and some I, great I like... people on there. People that I respect and mm-hmm. really neat people. For example, one of those people, Slave Lion, who's going to be our keynote speaker at Power Exchange Summit in May. Which we just decided today. So, yes. woot, woot, you guys hear it first. Well, she heard it first. Yes, she And was. then our staff heard it. So you guys get to hear it third. That does not make... <laughs> 
Subscribe to us Sorry. on Patreon now that you feel special. Uh, so we are going to go right into our podcast interview with uh, Johnny Jackhammer and the Ooh. Sequential Sex Podcast. Aren't you going to ask me some questions first? But first, I guess we can do uh, three more from the list of totally doable. I, I like questions. Here it I is. I haven't seen these yet. The uh -oh. list, well, you're not supposed to pre-see them. Okay. All right, Don. Totally, again, totally Sexable okay. sex tips for couples that want to have fun in bed forever. Oh, see, now you're oh. looking at it. Don't look at it. <laughs> you gave it to me. The number 25, Dawn, uh, yes. masturbate for each other. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, masturbation is a very personal thing, but it can be very intimate to let someone into your solo sex routine mm -hmm. and a great learning experience. I love this one. <laughs> so I love to watch my partners masturbate and, and I love to masturbate as well, or mm -hmm. as we call it, self-pleasuring. Yes. So um, actually in the Kingstarter cards, um, I purposefully, yeah, I purposefully yeah. put that card in there, mutual masturbation. So yeah, I love that one. And again, what that is, is you're not helping each other. Mm -hmm. You're watching each other. Yeah. So, and it is a fabulous tool. I can watch how you stroke you. Mm -hmm. And even though I probably am not stroking you the same way because I can't see the pressure right. that you're putting on it, I can at least get an idea of what it is that you like and try to mimic it later. Mm -hmm. I, I'd use it for the exact same reason. That's why I like to watch you masturbate is because I like to see what it is that you do and the the rhythm and all that kind of stuff uh -huh. just just so I can do copy it. Do I do it. circles? Do I do strokes? This is one do of the I the disadvantages that I have of not <laughs> being. Um, wait a minute, how would that help me? What I was gonna say, if I was by, then I would. But I already know how to stroke my own cock. Yeah. So knowing how to yeah, never mind. I guess that doesn't help. Yeah, but watching someone of your same gender, right? You can get more ideas. Maybe they do something that I didn't think of. You know? Yeah, that's no, that's legit. As yeah. a matter of fact, this is one of the advantages that we have to being uh, particularly naughty people, mm -hmm. because I do recall getting a uh, a blow slash hand job from somebody when we were dating. I think they were, or we were doing the swing thing with them. Mm -hmm. I think there was the they were truckers. Um, oh yeah. Where she had this, oh yeah. You know where I was pretty cocky. I forgot with, about them. Yeah, I yeah. Their suck names. my cock. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I do care, yeah. but it's not like I'm going to lose control. But she had some really neat hand-mouthy technique that was new. Hmm. I was like, hey, what the fuck? And That's because I, I don't have her. technique. I just have passion. Passion is wonderful. And mindfulness. So, but yeah, I mean, all that stuff is neat. And mutual masturbation is actually something you can do with someone that you're just getting sexual with or someone that you don't want to have... Um, actual intercourse with, right? Mm -hmm. You know, this is one of these things going side by side. The safer sex is like, you don't even have to worry about that as long as someone's not shooting onto you. <laughs> so right. aim away and you're fine. You don't have to worry about safer sex supplies. And it's just naughty to see someone pleasure themselves and the moans that are... Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're all hot. <laughs> Number 26 is going to keep you hot as well. Okay. A, a totally doable sex tip for people is spank that ass. Oh, absolutely. You don't have to get aggressive to enjoy a good spanking session. You don't even need any special instruments. Just grab a ping pong paddle or use the palm of your hand. I would much 
much prefer a hand at least to begin with. Yes. So, and I absolutely in hand because the hand you can keep contact and you can keep touch and all that uh, sensuality and eroticism. Mm -hmm. And um, I highly recommend that if you think you're going to giggle, though, I probably wouldn't give it a try. or Unless you like the giggling part of it. But I have... Yeah. (laughs) I enjoy spanking you, but I don't think I've ever been spanked for enjoyment. I have been spanked at our spanking parties just because I've lost a dare or one of the games. For fun and pleasure. For, For... but not erotically. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. I thanked you and had a good time because you told me to do it. So I was obeying you. So in that, I had a good but time. It wasn't, but it wasn't... But that a, was a cost... Uh, it was a contest. It was yeah. an icebreaker. It wasn't... I have not... I have not spanked you erotically for pleasure. If well, I thought you were into it, I would. No one else has either. No one else has either? No. Okay. Well, I didn't want to speak for everyone else. Well, we'll <laughs> leave it that way in case any of those, somebody else is listening. Ever, if you ever want a light erotic spanking to see what it's like, I'll give it to you, sir. Whatever. <laughs> Number 27, blindfold each other. Whip out a couple of silk mm. scarves or repurpose some mint ties as eye shields. Together in darkness, you'll fumble around for a bit, but being deprived of sight will also prompt you to be more cautious and tender in making contact. Are you thinking about... Um, Blocker. Yes, so we just recently saw the movie Blocker, and now Dawn's laughing historically, hysterically at one of the scenes. If you've seen the movie Blocker... You'll know why she's laughing. <laughs> Otherwise, we won't give it away. Okay, no spoilers. No spoilers. But we do dig the. I do dig the blindfold. We've blindfolded each other. We've actually, when we first got together, you actually had a bag of ties mm-hmm. that we used yeah. for stuff like that too. Yep. So, oh, absolutely. Some of our, some of our best. Well, not our, always our best scenes, but um, some of our best scenes like have been on the mats. Mm-hmm. Naked and blindfolded, mm-hmm. and just crawling around and looking for each other and wrestling, and yeah, just the erotic wrestling. Because I, you have I to do be enjoy blindfolded. I do enjoy the fact that, and and you know, we do what they're suggesting here, which is put on blindfolds and just be sensual with each other. But I do enjoy the fact that we were at a new dungeon, uh, a new place space in Canada. Mm-hmm. It was the very first time there was a play party there. A lot of people didn't have a lot of experience, and they were. Telling the DMs, here's what appropriate, here's what's not appropriate. You know the monitor, the play monitors, and you and I staked out a space and we spread out some toys, and then I put on a blindfold as the top. Right, right. And, and apparently we didn't know this at the time because they did a good job, but later we found out that they had quite the discussion whether they're supposed to step in, because apparently tops don't normally put on blindfolds and then fumble around <laughs> and grab floggers and start beating. Right, There's some right, with it. right. But to set the stage with that. We laid down a blanket. Mm-hmm. So we were both on the floor, right? So it's not like we were walking around and swinging floggers. Right. yes. So we were on the floor, and the toys were around the edge of the blanket, and you had a hand on me at all time. And then you would reach around to different toys and feel it out and then use the toys on me. So you were very connected with with my body. So, and... Uh, yeah, I'm kind of loud, so you that knew helps. if yes. you knew if you were hitting the right area. <laughs> uh, so, Don, tentacles, food, got any of that stuff? Um, Ohio Hedgehog. So, Ohio Hedgehog is sending me more links. So, I love that. And then Malifio, I think that's how you pronounce that, sent me a link to um, the octopus kites. So, that's the flying tentacle 
thing that was oh. on the front of the show notes. Yeah, so they're just huge, huge um, octopus and tentacle kites and just amazingly beautiful. So awesome. And that's it for No Food on Boobs, but we do have a, a quick trip coming up in on May 26th. You'll see us in Michigan at Club Ascension. I just bought a new motorcycle, so uh, and go. that's we'll going to be about a that soon. short trip. Yeah. And on July fifth, you will be uh, now. There's be an interesting one. Take the bikes to upstate New York. A so, seven-hour drive. Right, right. And add a couple of hours with the bikes. Yeah. Because you have to stop for gas all the time and stop to pee and yeah. Lube so up your you, if you are in the Michigan <laughs> or in the upstate New York. You would like your eyeballs lubed. <laughs> Don't hey, lube my read. eyeballs while I'm watching you masturbate. I, oh, no. I won't do that and, uh, on purpose anyway. So, <laughs> But that is something I just read as a recommendation for motorcycling. Mm -hmm. To lube your eyeballs. Take eye drops. After riding <laughs> a 80-mile uh, ride at 70 miles an hour plus the whole way, I see why people use earplugs. Yeah. yeah we'll have even to the next too. morning, my ears were still Oh, my it. God. So, Dawn, I really don't understand what a bondage fairy is or where they come from <laughs> or why they're interesting. But fortunately for me, we have an expert on bondage fairies and all things, um, well, all things anime, maybe, all things graphic, all things illustrated when it comes to sex. I don't know. Tonight on the podcast, we have Johnny Jackhammer from the Sequential Sex Podcast. And... Um, Am I lying? Is it is it is it anime we're talking about? Is it comic books? Comic graphic books? Novels. Is it graphic novels? <laughs> what what kind of what is a sequential sex? It's basically sequential art. Uh, so more in a paper form, or I guess you know you could say digital, but not so much uh, motion cartoons and things like that. I have a I have a, an appreciation for it for the hentai, uh, but it's really it's really the uh, you know hentai on paper, and it's. Uh, not so much the Japanese as some of the others. What's kind of fun is that every culture has a different style and a different attitude towards comics. So you could call it quickly sex in comics, um, but it's beyond that. It's uh, graphic arts. It's There are different media that come out, um, and some of it is art, and some of it is porn, and some of it is open to interpretation. Open to interpretation. <laughs> so Bondage Fairies definitely falls under that, which is one of the first comic books, uh, sexual comic books that turned me on anyway. Yeah, that's that, a big uh, one. That and Beauty and the Beast. So uh, that sits in my office for what I like to peruse. <laughs> you know, and, and some of these are um, look like things that are not put together by people with a particular great amount of skill. It's stick, not necessarily stick figures, but you know, it's just naughty doodles. But I've been surprised by the, the quality and the artwork on a lot of this erotic literature. It really has basically something for everyone. And, and you're right. There are some doodly cartoon type things, especially from the 1930s. Uh, that were really just rushed off quickly and distributed under the you know under bars and things like that. Uh, but we there are some creators that are incredible and also very successful in mainstream comics that do some either edgy or pornographic or sensual 
uh, works. One, one to uh, if you want somebody who's really contemporary and you want to see some amazing, gorgeous art, uh, Stapon Sage has a series that he calls Sunstone. And I know that uh, some of your readers, readers, some of your listeners will have been familiar with Sunstone. What's cool is that you can go to his Deviant Art page and uh, read it for free, or you can actually go to topcow.com, which is the main image publisher that uh, publishes Sunstone, and you can download the first graphic novel for free on their website. But his is a, uh, basically it's a, it's a response to the, uh, some of the misnomers of the Fifty Shades of Grey type stuff. So it is a, uh, definitely a uh, MS story between two women who cross paths and uh, the main character gets kind of roped in, uh, pun intended, to, <laughs> to a relationship that's a lot more than just the, you know, living in the danger zone and, you know, getting whipped or anything like that. There's a lot of that in there, but it really talks about the relationships that start to develop in a, in a DS relationship. And um, it's, uh, it, it, it's really good, but it, he also has a painterly style that you would look at it and you'd you know, you'd just be blown away at how, how high quality it is. And it's, you know, being published by a major American publisher. So it's a uh, pretty edgy. And that same publisher is putting out another book this spring that some of your listeners might be interested in. It's called Swing. And that is basically about a couple whose marriage is kind of starting to flatline a little bit. So they look to the lifestyle to see if they can't bring a spark to things. And again, you're talking about professional creators and not just, you know, under the table type stuff going on. Nice. So with the, you know, you you can uh, go look at some of the stuff for free on DeviantArt, you said, and certainly in the, the 30s when we're passing comics under the bar sort of thing. Um, I uh, Is it become as much of a business as other areas of pornography or is it still more of an art house sort of pursuit? I think the creators would say the latter for sure. Uh, I don't know anybody who's, you know, making hand over fist on it. Uh, one of the interesting things is the, uh, the, the really good, fun, hot, nasty, dirty porn stories that are happening are being done by some fantastic women creators. Um, and uh, there are a couple anthologies out that are really uh, pushing the envelopes and showing different lifestyles, different, uh, you know, gender identities, and just being flipping hot because, you know, I'm, I'm basically, he you know, heterosexual, but there are some great stories that I still enjoy a lot because sexy is sexy. I don't care who you are or what you are. And, uh, and maybe that wraps us back around to Bondage Fairies, which was an underground book from the early to mid-70s, uh, which is follows these little fairy sprites. And, you know, it is not a book for the squeamish because there's definitely a lot of bondage. There's definitely a lot of pain. There's definitely a lot of sex. And you do some cra crazy things with other insects as sex toys. Yes, there are bugs and spiders and spider webs mm -hmm. and... You know those earwigs that have the little pinchies on their butts? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's those are oh, my gosh. <laughs> Use your imagination there. And I wasn't – I haven't had a chance to look this up. You'd mentioned that – Did do I understand correctly that there's a tie-in to um, uh, DC heroes that go kind of edgy? 
Uh, well, in, on a, my last show that uh, was posted, we looked at uh, Mr. Miracle, uh, which is a limited run series using a character created who's considered a new god, but basically a fairly mainstream DC character, although a little on the fringe of the superhero universe, although works in that universe. And there was a couple of passages in the book that definitely pushed some boundaries. Um, And, you know, what's ironic is they used nine panel page to have him tied to a bed and have a uh, kind of a blindfold bondage and uh, woman on top sex scene. And because of, I'm, and I'm trying to think, well, how do you get away with that necessarily in the comics these days? Well, he also is splayed out and kind of portrayed and, you know, uh, as a Christ on a cross. So then you get all these different layers. So if you're not going to touch the, the porn aspect of it, maybe people will be frightened by the religion aspect and just publish the thing. I don't know. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> kind of hot. No, so, yeah. <laughs> you had you had gifted us a copy of uh, one of the Tijuana Bibles, which is uh, tell us a little bit about what that is before I ask your question. Answer the question about it. Those are fun, and it's kind of you know related to how I kind of got into this in the first place as a kid, uh, because a Tijuana Bible were little eight page stories, and basically they were small panels. You could probably draw four to eight panels on a page, cut them up, staple them, and distribute them around. And uh, so, and they were very popular in the flapper era. So the late twenties, the early thirties, because, you know, you didn't have cell phones, you didn't have the internet, you didn't, you really even have movie houses to watch any kind of porn and uh, cameras were still in the early days. So you draw stuff to go around. Um, Alan Moore has a book called 25,000 Years of Erotic Freedom. And he basically talks about pornography from 25,000 years to today. And this is a really critical era of, okay, we can really mass distribute some of these things because we can reproduce this stuff. Um, But the fun thing about it was that the Sunday funnies were very popular in the newspapers in those days. And anytime you get a popular subject or story matter, you're going to get fanfic. And uh, if you're going to get fan fiction, you're going to get a lot of sex and a lot of nasty situations <laughs> that because uh, that's what that's what we all want to see anyway. I don't know why we hide behind it all the time. Uh, so you've got Blondie from the Sunday comics, but there's Blondie who is getting gang banged by the you know refrigerator and washing machine repair guy. And you've got, uh, you know, Dumb Dora is somebody we had talked about who, who is a uh, flapper type and kind of heart of a gold, but, you know, head head like a box of rocks. And her boyfriend walks in on her and, and she's, you know, getting basically getting nailed by some guy that came along and he tried to warn her about, well, you're so innocent and they're going to trick you into this stuff. And so he has her doing all these, you know, blowjobs and anal sex and splattering all over the place. And she's like, oh, I would never do that. Oh, I'm so glad that you're teaching me this stuff so I could stay away from it kind of thing. So you just kind of fantasize in those characters that you know so well from you know, from the newspapers or from the mainstream media. And, you know, we all, we all, you know, like you always want to see the celebrities naked. You always want to see what really is going to happen with your favorite characters. Do you get any pushback or any negative responses in that the comics and are, they're supposed to be pure and gentle and nice and they're being perverted or. Yeah. There well, the biggest pushback happened in the fifties 
with the Comics Code Authority. And uh, now you're getting into, you know, I, I have several hobbies and, you know, most of them are, revolve around sex or, you know, having fun with that. Uh, but also censorship is a really interesting thing to study. And in the 1950s, uh, it came clear, especially with the EC Comics, who was the same company that did Mad Magazine, but they also did, uh, you know, Tales, tales of Suspense and Shock Tales and some of the other horror genre stuff, damsels in distress being, you know, tied up and killed and all these other things. So it went to Congress and somebody, obviously there's some, it, it's easy to get publicity to fight against something that's ruining our children. So, you know, and it's harder to get people to stand up and go, you're a crackpot. That's crazy. That's not happening. Uh, so they created the Comics Code Authority, and what, what's funny is that the head of the Comics Code Authority, and basically what it was, is that to put a comic book out and hit the newsstands, it had to have their stamp of approval on it. So it couldn't have bondage. It couldn't have, uh, which was fun because Wonder Woman was one of the best bondage books you'll ever find <laughs> and some great bondage covers there. Uh, but anyway, um, the Comics Code Authority really cracked down, put a lot of people out of business, actually, because this was very successful uh, enterprise, but you know, it's all about the children. You can't let these things get in the hands of the children, even though I'm not sure. I mean, first of all, the children are going to get a hold of it one way or another, and it should be a challenge for them, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they weren't necessarily the primary consumers of this stuff, too. Right, um, right. So it went to Congress and they did this Comics Code Authority and really cleaned up things. And that's where you get the, you know, chummy Batman and Robin instead of the dark, edgy you know, Dark Knight Batman that started in the late 30s, early 40s, you know, it really changed the tone of the whole thing and put a lot of the, you know, the seedier, smuttier, more, uh, you know, risque stuff pretty much on the back burner for a good 40 years until, uh, you know, until today when you've got mainstream publishers because of the direct market, it's not on the grocery newsstand any longer. So it's kind of opened that up a little bit and the mm -hmm. Comics Code Authority is down. One fun thing is that the head of the Comics Code Authority also was the publisher of Archie Comics. So definitely had something to <laughs> benefit from by getting these, you know, Tijuana Bible type things out because they parodied Archie all the time. So we want right. to keep it wholesome, you know. I found some of that Archie, Betty, Veronica stuff when I was younger. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. That was good stuff. <laughs> and uh, if you like that style, that Dan DiCarlo art style, which I really am a fan of, uh, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a, a series from the 80s that came out called, well, it started off as Cherry Pop-Tart until Kellogg sued them, and then it just became Cherry Magazine, but it's completely in the Archie style. It's just that the main Cherry is the main character, and she's just a bubbly, ditzy blonde who just loves fucking and just goes like crazy everywhere she can go, and she's got a mom who's sluttier than she is. So a lot of just fun adventures, but it's in that same Archie art style, really clean lines and whimsical uh, you know, dialogue, but it's just also hot and heavy. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> Is there ever a point where you will look at a comic and you say, you know what, you're, you've gone a little bit too far because what you can get away with in a comic book is obviously different than what you can get from a legal yes. standpoint, from an ethical standpoint, what you can get away with in real life, right? From, from bestiality, from age of people, from consent issues, uh, it's just a comic and you have a lot more freedom to do that kind of thing. Have you ever looked at one of those and said, you know what, this is not appropriate or not right or. Well, I'm, I'm definitely more uh, in, I mean, 
I like freedom of expression and artistic expression. I have seen stuff that uh, doesn't work for me. And I do, I guess, struggle with whether I think it should exist or not, but I'm not going up against it. One good example is the Japanese manga. So manga is huge in comics and it's uh, it's mainstream. People read uh, nasty porn manga on the train going to work in Tokyo. It happens every morning and it's pretty much disregarded. There is a, um, David Chang has a, a show on Netflix right now and they go to China to try fried chicken. And they, one of the jokes is they go into the uh, quickie mart to get fried chicken and there's a whole rack of pornographic manga there, you know, and they just want to try and spend time at the, at the rack reading the sexy comics. Um, my big problem there is that most of the subject matter that turns on the readers is uh, the coming of age girl who is in my estimation underage. I'm not sure what the culture in Japan says it should be, but you know, 15 turns me off uh, unless I was 15. And then I'd think it was the greatest thing I ever saw. Sure. Uh, and so that also creates some trouble in trying to import into uh, into the United States or other countries. Uh, one good example, another one uh, is Lost Girls, which is a an amazing work of literature, I think, and really well done. It's written by Alan Moore and drawn by his wife, Melinda Gebby, and it is very hot. And it also, it's a three-volume set that takes the old fairy tales and kind of sets them on their ear. You have Dorothy from Wizard of Oz and you have Snow White and, you know, you have, and they all are these coming of age stories where they are either, you know, taken in a barn, you know, Dorothy gets, you know, a farm boy nails her in a barn and she has this wild sexual escapade going through Oz with all the different, you know, tin men and all these things. And uh, that, that created a lot of problems to the point where it was banned from being shipped into Canada for a long time because of that, uh, questionable. They're trying to decide, well, is this art or is this obscene? We can't really yeah. figure it out. And that's put up by uh, Top Shelf Publishing, which is a mainstream publisher in the United States. And, you know, they won. It's It's been, they relaxed a little bit, but that's the one thing with censorship and things like that. And one of the reasons why I'm getting more outspoken is that as soon as you have a freedom or a right, uh, it seems like it doesn't take much for that to get kind of squashed down. Hmm. Very cool. So on your podcast, Sequential Sex Podcast, you do something old, something new, something – and what are the other – is it borrowed in blue or am I yeah. getting my weddings nope. mixed? No, you're right. And it, it's, it's kind of modeled after – it's kind of goofy. It's kind of modeled after the wedding stuff. But basically the concept is, well, I want to look at something that is out of print or really old. So it was from the, the 50s, the 60s, the 1800s, you know, whatever I can find because there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, and – the hunt is kind of part of the fun for me too. You know, the acquisition is almost more fun than reading it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then something new, just something that's out now that people can uh, buy, I hope to support the creators that are putting it out and encourage some more of this stuff coming out. So something old, something new, something borrowed. I is just kind of a loose way of saying something that I, uh, that I'm reading online. So it's a web comic or it's something that on a DeviantArt page that somebody's putting art up there. uh, I, and I try with that to hit some of the uh, sites that creators are putting out for free access so that you can actually see it. Um, I'm trying to avoid paywall stuff, although there are some that there are some sites where they'll give you like the first, you know, the first story arc, they'll give you the first 40 pages free. And if you want to keep going, then you can pay to keep going. And I really support that. So I'm happy to bring people to that. But I'd like people to get a little taste of something, you know, something kinky if I'm going to send them to it. 
so and then something so that's something borrowed and then something because I can't hold it in my hand like a piece of paper and then something blue is that's just straight up uh, porn comics that exist just to try to get somebody to get an erection. You know, there's no redeeming. There's, it's really questionable whether you could call it art or not. It just exists because somebody wants some spank material and it's their fantasy. So they do this, you know, six way on a pool table, you know, 10 page story. And there's (laughs) nothing. And I think that's redeeming, but it's also hard to call it, you know, hard to find it in the Louvre, but. Understood. (laughs) And the whole key is it, you know, and it's kind of funny because I, I, I kicked it around for probably four or five years to put it out because I'd just been waiting for someone to do a show that covers it because the more I read, the more I want to see, the more I, the more I discover, the more I want to discover. And that's been what's cool is uh, having the listeners be able to send their, I've gotten links from a bunch of people and they've been a blast to just see things that I didn't even realize was there. There's a whole big world from France and Belgium uh, that where it's really, you want to talk high quality, you're talking fine art quality productions in what they call Bede. And it's just the Franco Belgian comics. And it is, it is a high art. It is supported in the countries uh, very strongly. So those people are making money for sure. And it's just like all new worlds get to open up to each other through this network that things go. But I've been wanting a show like this for so long. And I finally just said, ah, well, cause I have, I, I have, uh, I have a hand in some other uh, podcast efforts and thought, well, I'm not going to wait much longer. I was talking with somebody who was with a show that used to be called Indie Spinner Rack. And we were always going to do a porn segment on, on their show, but then they kind of went, uh, they went their separate ways about four years ago. So I said, well, I'm tired of waiting for them to come back. I'm just going to do a show that I, you know, that gives me a good reason to look at naked, nasty sex every week. You've said nasty a couple of times now. I actually wrote That's that one. down. I like that word. <laughs> I do too. It's a fun one. I think it's a, I think it's playful as can be. Yes. So one more question for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Do you have a favorite? Um. Yes, I do have a couple. It changes a lot, but if I had to say, like, it, it's like the desert island thing. If I had to bring one thing to a desert island, what would it be? Uh-huh. Um, my current favorite is, is this is a cheat too. There's a, it's an anthology book called Smut Peddler, and it's put out by uh, Iron Circus Comics. You can find them at ironcircus.com, and they've got it available for digital download or available on paper or uh, wherever. Sometimes you can find them. If you have a progressive community, you can find some of these in your public library. I'm pretty uh, lucky living in Madison, Wisconsin, that our public library has uh, some of the books that I talk about on them on my show. And uh, Smut Peddler is a collection by I'd say about 35 different female creators. Um, And so that guarantees that you're going to get some of the hottest, edgiest sex possible because for some reason, um, you know, the men draw it really well, but the scenarios uh, just aren't as unique and hot as what some of these women creators are putting out today for better or worse. And I'd like to think that, you know, we could probably put our heads together, Dan, and come up with some pretty awesome shit. But uh, whatever it is, they're actually putting it on paper. So I would t- I would recommend that one as a favorite, Smut Peddler. And the reason is because it has so many creators, you've got different 
art styles, you've got different writing styles, you've got different panel layouts, you have different coloring, you've got different story approaches. And so it's just like a big, it's a big orgy of all sorts of different body styles. Nice. I'm going to have to look that one up too. I've got a lot of notes here of stuff to look up. You do have a lot of notes. Uh, Johnny, it's been fantastic to talk to you. I'm enjoying listening to the Sequential Sex Podcast. And um, I hope you have continued success, I think. Although after this episode, with as much stuff as Dawn's got written down, I won't see her again for another week or two. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. I, uh, I lo- as you can tell, I could probably talk about this stuff for hours. So I, I'm really grateful at how supportive you've been of my show from basically episode one. It's, uh, it's meant a lot and it's helped me a lot. And uh, it's nice to know at least somebody's listening. Fantastic. Where can people find that podcast? You can find the podcast. Uh, iTunes is probably the quickest, easiest way. It's just the Sequential Sex Podcast. You can also go to the uh, website. It's uh, sequentialsexpodcast.com. And there are links to each shows along with show notes. So what's cool is that with every show, I put up scans from each of the four books that I am reviewing. And they are not, uh, they are not uh, safe for work scans. I make sure that I put out some really explicit stuff on there. As long as I'm going to be able to get away with it, I'm going to keep doing it. And I think that you should, uh, if you want to try before you buy, go to that website and take a look at some of these uh, scans of panels. And it's all, you know, under the the common rights. I'm trying to encourage people to go and pick these books up. I'm not, uh, you know, making anything off this myself. So I just want people, I want to share the cool stuff and I want to have people see it as well. Um, and then, you know, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Sequential Sex, is the at Sequential Sex. And um, I will also uh, occasionally put out some links to some of the books and stuff that we talked about here so people can just click and check it out. Nice. Perfect. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for uh, spending some time with us tonight. And um, we will look forward to the next episode of Sequential Sex. Thanks again. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Toss us a dollar by heading over to eroticawakening.com and click on the support us on Patreon button. Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe and the song is Whim. Our official EA Twatter is Andy. The person we've seen most recently is Sheen and Shayla, both of LLC. The current sender... Boy, that's not true. What's that? The most recent person? No. The most recent people that we have seen are Stubborn Brat and Dawn, and they were right here at the Columbus Space. What were they here for, do you remember? They were here for a uh, um, New to Kink Exploratorium, and then they came back for the play party. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that now, so awesome. So the current sender of tentacles, haha, I'm jumping in, (laughs) is Ohio Hedgehog. The provider of graphic novels is Johnny (laughs) Jackhammer and Good Witch of the North of the Sequential Sex Podcast. And the official food that goes on boobs is still orange and boobs. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. (laughs) 